How to Register a Gun in Washington, D.C. My Introduction into GunBroker.com Shoot or don't shoot, you decide. All this and more on episode number 78 of the Urban Shooter Podcast. This is the Urban Shooter Podcast, and here's your host, Ken Blanchard. Hi. Thank you for downloading, listening, and subscribing to the Urban Shooter Podcast. I'm Ken Blanchard, and this week we talk about how to register a handgun in the District of Columbia. Now, the D.C. gun ban has been deemed unconstitutional, but that hasn't stopped the prohibitionist from denying the right to keep and bear arms from good people. They continue to make it very, very hard and make it seem wrong to want to protect yourself. Well, the truth is, crime hasn't stopped. Violence in the city has been tough this week. A lot of innocent people, too many young people, have died this week alone from criminal violence and criminal attack. But folks just don't get it yet. Also, this is the first time I actually tried to get an, uh, a pistol from GunBroker.com. Going to talk about that. And we'll also have a shoot, don't shoot, you decide episode for you. Hopefully, you can ponder it and share your thoughts on the Gun Rights Radio forums at GunRightsRadio.com. Look for the Urban Shooter Podcast at the bottom of the page of all the podcasters there and look for the episode with 78 on it. The forums page is a good place to leave your thoughts and messages that you want to share with other people who are listening to the show about the show. And as always, you can talk to me directly at blackmanwiththegun at gmail.com or you can leave me a message toll free at 888 772 6262. Special thanks to the dynamic duo, also known as Thorn Daddy and Dolly, of the Submission and Coffee Podcast. It's an adult site done right. Submission and Coffee on iTunes, my newest friends and listeners of the Urban Shooter Podcast. Well, if you're ready, let's get started. of America, and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. If I were to look at the federal 
not the federal. If I would look at the D.C. gun requirements document, the firearms registration for Metropolitan Police, Washington, D.C., this 15-page document is pretty pathetic looking, actually. It looks um, like somebody with a sixth-grade education put it together. But here's the first page. It says, take the firearms application to a licensed gun dealer. A, you purchase the gun. B, the gun dealer completes the portion of the firearms application pertaining to the firearm. C, you complete that portion of the firearms application pertaining to you. Bring the completed firearms application to room 2169, firearms registration section, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday between the hours of 7 a.m. and 3 p.m. On Wednesday, between the hours of 7 a.m. and 5 p.m., along with A. Proof of residency in the District of Columbia, e.g. driver's license or lease agreement, etc. And B. Two front-face photographs, passport size. You'll be given a multiple-choice test of 20 questions. The study booklet is available in the firearms registration section. You will be fingerprinted at 300 Indiana Avenue, Northwest, third floor. The cost is $35, cash or money order. 5. You'll be charged a $13 firearms registration fee, cash or money order, for each weapon to be registered. This fee is to be paid at the time of the application is submitted. Number 6. The firearms registration process will take approximately eight weeks. Important things to remember. When transporting your firearm, it must be unloaded, wrapped securely, or placed in a gun case on the back seat of your car. If you are stopped by the police, you must immediately tell the officer that you are en route to the firearms registration section to register the firearm. The gun dealer will not give you the firearm until you return with the firearms application stamped approved by the Metropolitan Police Department firearms registration section. If you have a possession if you have possession of the firearm, you must immediately bring it to the firearms registra- registration section, room 2169, 300 Indiana Avenue, Northwest. Note: Rifles, shotguns, and revolvers only are registered in the District of Columbia. Semi-automatic handguns are not registered in the District of Olumbia. There's a C missing there. Metropolitan Police Department, Firearms Registration Section, 727-4275. General Requirements for the Registration of Firearms The Firearms Control Regulations Act of 1975 requires that firearms be registered with the Metropolitan Police Department. In addition, It specifies certain procedures and prerequisites for the registration of firearms in order that you, as a citizen of the District of Columbia, may have a clear understanding of this recent legislation. This pamphlet has been published to acquaint you with the broad aspects of this law. Specific questions should be directed to the Firearms Registration Section on 727-4275, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday between hours of 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. and Wednesday, 7 a.m. to 5 p.m. Prohibitive firearms. Firearms ineligible for registration include sawed-off shotguns, barrel less than 20 inches, 
short-barreled rifles, barrel less than 16 inches, and has an overall length of less than 26 inches. Machine guns, defined as any firearm which shoots, comma, is designed to shoot, comma, or can be readily converted or restored to shoot, colon, automatically, more than one shot, by a sin. Function of the trigger. I didn't say single, just S-I-N. Or semi-automatically, more than 12 shots, without manual reloading. Number four, semi-automatic handguns. So basically, semi-autos are illegal in the District of Columbia. Also, you can only get a firearm from a gun dealer. There are no gun dealers in the District of Columbia. There is one person, Mr. Sykes, who has a FFL, but he's still waiting for permission to upgrade that for the public. The prerequisites to obtain a registration certificate, an applicant must be 21 years of age or older. Applicants between the age of 18 and 21 may qualify if they have a notarized statement from their parent or guardian stating that the parent or guardian assumes civil liability for all damages resulting from the applicant's use of the firearm. This special legislation, however, will expire on the applicant's 21st birthday. 2. Not stand convicted of a crime of violence, weapons offense, or a violation of this act. 3. Not be under indictment for a crime of violence, including larceny, or weapons offense. 4. Not stand convicted within the past five years for narcotics or dangerous drug offense, threats to do bodily harm, or for assault. 5. Not have been acquitted of any criminal charge by reason of insanity or adjudicated a chronic alcoholic by any court within the past five years. That's just years, not years. Number 6. Not have been voluntarily or involuntarily committed to any mental hospital or institution within the past five years. Not applicable in a medical certification of recovery indicating the applicant is capable of safe and responsible possession of a firearm is submitted with the application. Is submitted. If submitted. Okay. Typo there too. Not appear to suffer from a physical defect which would make it unsafe for him to possess and use a firearm safely and responsibly. Women need not apply. It's just for hims. Not found negligent in any firearm mishap causing death or injury to another human being. Number nine, not eligible to possess a pistol under 22 DC code 4503. That was um, 2007 edition. Number 10, pass a written test. Number 11, pass a vision test or possess a valid DC permit. And then the next page, chapter three, page six, all applicants must appear in person at the firearm registration section room 2169 300 Indiana Avenue Northwest with a completed application form. This form must be completed and approved by the police department prior to any transfer of firearms in the district. A $13 non-refundable fee will be required with the filing of the application. In addition to the completed form, the applicant must also submit two full-face passport photographs, which have been taken within a 30-day period preceding the filing of the application. A FBI criminal history check requiring fingerprints at the cost of $35 is also required. 
each applicant must also satisfactorily meet the vision requirements that are either better than or equal to that required to obtain a DC, DC driver's license. Presentation of a valid DC's operator's permit will satisfy this requirement. If you don't have a driver's license, you need a vision test. And let's see. Here's some rules, duties, and responsibilities of the registrant. Each registrant must notify the chief of police in writing immediately of the following. A. Discovery of loss, theft, or destruction of a registration certificate describing the circumstances. Hmm. So if you lose your registration certificate, you must notify the chief of police in writing immediately. If there's any change of name or address recording on the certificate, sale, transfer, or any disposition of any firearm or other disposition of any firearm. All right. The registration certificate must be returned to the police department immediately when a registered firearm has been a lost B stolen C destroyed D sold, transferred or otherwise disposed of three. The registrant must have the registration certificate in his or her possession. Whenever he has possession of the firearm and exhibited upon demand to a member of the metropolitan police department or other law enforcement officer Four. Firearms or ammunition may not be loaned, borrowed, given, or rented to or from another person. 5. Firearms may not be pawned. 6. Each registered firearm must be kept unloaded and disassembled or bound by a trigger lock, except when the firearm is kept at the registrant's place of business or while being for lawful recreational purposes within the district. And even with my abonics, that grammar is wrong. When a firearm is being lawfully transported from one location to another, it must be unloaded, securely wrapped, and carried in open view. No person shall carry or possess a firearm or public space. No person shall carry or possess a firearm on public space in the District of Columbia unless traveling directly to or from a lawful firearms related activity. 9. No firearm shall be discharged in the District of Columbia without first obtaining a special written permit from the Chief of Police authorizing the discharge. Use number 10. Use of the firearm against another person is a criminal offense unless your life or life of another person is in immediate danger. And it says revocation of registration certificate. One. Revocation shall occur under the following conditions. Two, the prerequisites set forth in part two are not met. Three, information furnished in the application for the registration proves to be intentionally false. And four, registrant is found in violation of the duties and responsibilities set forth in item five. Woo. Procedures for denial and revocation. And this goes on about how they're going to beat you down. Section number eight is interesting. Page number 11, ammunition. No person shall possess ammunition within the district unless A. He is a licensed dealer. B. He is a holder of a valid registration certificate for a firearm of the same gauge or caliber as the ammunition he possesses. C. He holds an ammunition collector's certificate as of September 24, 1976. You can't have any ammunition within the District of Columbia. Unless 
you have one of these registration certificates or one of the zero number of licensed dealers. Let's see. Permissive sales of firearms. Number 10, page number 13 of this 15 page document. Private individuals may sell or transfer legal firearms and ammunition only to a licensed dealer within the District of Columbia. Individuals may purchase long guns only from a licensed dealer and such transaction must be made in person. Delivery of the firearm, however, will be withheld for D.C. residents until the issuance of a registration certificate by the Metropolitan Police Department. Non-residents may purchase firearms within a district only with proof that the possession of such firearm is legal in the jurisdiction where he resides and not in conflict with federal law. The sale of handguns is prohibited within the District of Columbia. That's what it says. The sale of handguns is prohibited within the District of Columbia. So how are you going to get a licensed dealer within the District of Columbia? The first sentence and the last sentence of this paragraph contradict each other. Ammunition may be sold or transferred when it is of the same gauge or caliber described in the registration certificate or other proof in the case of non-resident. Any licensed dealer may sell ammunition to a person holding an ammunition's collector certificate which is effective prior to September 25th, 1976. This certificate must be presented at the time of sale. I have never seen one of these things. Page 14, number 11, voluntary surrender and immunity. Individuals may voluntarily surrender any firearm, ammunition, or destructive device to the police department and shall be immune to prosecution of any violation of this act. Delivery may be made to a police station or by requesting a police officer to your home or place of business to collect it. All firearms should be unloaded and wrapped in a package, and in the case of delivery to a police facility, the package should be carried in open view. No identification will be required of the person delivering and abandoning the firearm to the police department. No money will be paid for firearms which are surrendered to the police department. Penalties Number 12. Any person who violates any provision of this act shall upon conviction be fined not more than $1,000 or be imprisoned for not more than one year or both. Now what's interesting about page number 15 in the penalties is that this last page, the type and the font, it's probably like number 20. So even if you don't have glasses on, you can see this part. Number 13, antique firearm. Any firearm, including any firearm with a match lock, flint lock, percussion cap, or similar type of ignition system, manufactured in or before 1898, and any replica of such firearm. I guess it just tells what it is, but there's no rules for it yet. Unless I missed something. That are the DC gun requirements. Read verbatim. Now here's a questionnaire. There's 20 questions that it says you have to answer. Let's see. I only see nine on this one. The statement of eligibility. And they all come right from that Gun Control Act of 1968. Please answer each of the following questions. Attach a certified copy of judgment and sentence from the court if any charges were filed. 
One, have you been convicted of a crime of violence, weapons offense, or violation of this act? Yes or no. Are you under indictment for a crime of violence or a weapons offense? Yes or no. Have you been convicted within the past five years of a narcotics or dangerous drug offense, threats to bodily harm, or for assault? Yes or no. Have you been acquitted of any criminal charge by reason of insanity or adjudicated a chronic alcoholic by any court within the past five years? Yes or no. Have you been voluntarily or involuntarily committed to a mental hospital or institution within the past five years? Yes or no. Do you suffer from any, do you suffer from a, any physical defect which would make it unsafe for you to possess and use a firearm safely and responsibly? No question mark there. Yes or no. Have you been found negligent in any firearm mishap causing death or injury to another human being? Yes or no. Have you been convicted of a prostitution-related offense, being a vagrant, operating a body house, abrogating strikers, or a felony? Yes or no. Now, in all honesty, I have never seen that word before in my life. What is abrogating strikers? Gail asked me that question. Let me look it up. All right. This word according to the dictionaryreference.com, to abrogate, to abolish by formal or official means, annulled by authoritative act, repeal, to abrogate a law, to put aside, put an end to. Origin, 1520-30. To abrogate and striker must be to put the end to a strike. This is a 16th century word. They dug this puppy up from way back. Have you provided accurate or true facts on your application for firearms registration certificate PD-219 form? Yes or no? I affirm under oath that I have provided accurate information on this document and I understand that making a false statement is punishable by criminal penalties under D.C. Code Title 22, Section 2405. And then your signature is required below signature of a notary public. And that is your first paper that you have to deal with. Now we actually look at the DC gun registration application. Once it's filled out and completed, it becomes the PD 219. And once it's marked approved, then it itself is your registration form. It has your seller's name, the purchaser's name, owner's name, description of firearm. It has the registration number in the corner, the date registered, the dealer's license number, description of purchaser and owner, description of the firearm, your address, the owner's address, and let's see. Your signature is required. Brief statement of your intended use for the firearm and where the firearm will be kept. Ask you a few more questions like Have you been ever involved in a mishap involving a pistol, rifle, or shotgun? Include dates. Have you ever been previously denied in the District of Columbia or elsewhere in a pistol or any pistol, rifle, or shotgun license or registration certificate? Signature of a seller, signature of the purchaser's owner, and the seller and the purchaser must sign in the presence of each other. And then at the bottom it says Notice this application is valid as a firearms registration certificate only when stamped approved by the chief of police. And a registration number is affixed there too. 
This is not a license to carry a concealed firearm. And then it has on the back, I guess, excerpt from Firearms Control Regulations Act of 1975. Tell you your additional duties and general provisions. Now I have this on the Urban Shooter Podcast show notes so you can see it too. Unfreaking believable. They will tell you that you must buy your gun from a DC firearms dealer, but there are none. But wait, there's more. How about if you have one given to you by somebody else? Okay, free gun. It was willed to you. It was your great granddaddy's uh, 1911 45 pistol. You will not be able to have this because it is a semi-automatic and all semi-automatics are prohibited in the District of Columbia. Okay. Maybe your grandmother's revolver is okay. So now you're going to register grandma's revolver. It's a really old model something in Smith & Wesson. And you're going to register it. You must give up your pistol so they may give like a ballistics test of your pistol to make sure that it was not involved in a crime. There are no guarantees that you will ever see your pistol again. There was nothing in writing and nothing that I read previously mentioning how they were going to do any of that testing. Meanwhile, you must fill out the paperwork, be fingerprinted, and give two passport pictures. Let's say everything goes okay and eight weeks, it says eight weeks, eight weeks, two months goes by and you are approved. You get your PD-219. It's all filled out. Big Kathy gives you the okay and you take your pistol home. If you are not using it immediately for self-defense, it must be locked and stored away. If not, you are in violation of everything you just signed for. So now, you are a law-abiding gun owner in the nation's capital. You managed to get past all those few little hurdles and everything is groovy. Somebody is knocking the window out and coming in your door. No big deal. You have your grandma's revolver. But there's no ammo because you can only have ammo that was bought and purchased in the District of Columbia. There are no ammo stores. But it didn't say that, did it? No. But you got your ammo now. And you're loading it. And you're going to protect yourself. But if your life is not in grave bodily harm, risk of serious injury, any other circumstance, you're unlawful. Hmm. And the plot thickens. More on this as the stomach turns. Twenty years ago, I got the opportunity to participate in a class of the most 
high speed, low drag, fun stuff you could do as a young guy. I was with the intelligence crew, the super spooky group, and they had some master instructors and they were teaching everybody these courses on the semi-automatic pistol for terrorism operations and going in hostile environments. And the gun they used for the class was the Browning High Power. I never shot the Browning before. It's a very concealable 9mm pistol. Well, just thinking about all the stuff that we were doing, and I think I'll probably do some IDPA before the end of the year, and just started getting my skills back as a shooter instead of a talker. And uh, I thought, you know what would be nice? is a pimped out browning that I can call my own. Something hard chrome, really gaudy looking. Maybe get some inscription on it, you know. Blackmanwithagun.com on the slide or something, you know. Something that's me. Really nice sights on it. And then I just get as good as I used to be. Again, with this browning high power. And everybody's going into high tech. I'm going to go back. And learn and do what I was I used to do when uh, when I couldn't tell you what I did. Well, I missed the gun show. None of the gun stores around here have any Brownings, so I thought I'd look on on the internet. You know they they barred the sale of mail order guns in 1968 with the Gun Control Act. I talked about that in show number 76, I believe. 77, whatever the last show was. But eBay has created this auction thing. Well, we have one too, and it's legal. It's called gunbroker.com. Have you heard of it? Gunbroker.com. Gunbroker is called the web's largest hunting and sports shooting auction. Um, it's been around since like 1999. And, uh, the firearms that you purchase or you bid on can only be shipped to a licensed federal firearms license holder. And if you're not a licensed dealer, you must make arrangements with a dealer in your state to receive the firearm and transfer it to you. The site maintains a list of transfer dealers willing to do transfers, but you can find your own. Your bid is like a contract and you can't bid on it unless you're going to purchase the item. And you're supposed to contact the seller. And once you become the winner of the auction, Within five days of the auction, you must contact the seller and request payment instructions from the seller. Within 14 days of the end of the auction, you must send full payment to the seller and ensure your federal firearms license, if required, sends their signed copy of their firearms license to the seller. If you do not complete these translations in the prescribed time frames, you'll lose your rights as the winner of the auction and a seller may file a non-paying bidder report against you and they'll stop you from even using the site. But using the internet, they've managed to legally and safely transfer firearms or sell firearms over the internet. Now, if you can't legally buy a firearm, you won't be able to participate in gunbroker.com. So for all you who are afraid right now that your son or daughter may be buying firearms over the internet, don't worry about it. They can bid and they can win with a credit card it goes further than that they have to have that firearms has to be shipped to a licensed firearms dealership so it won't show up by UPS to your doorstep 
So mamas and daddies, don't be afraid. This is all legal. They are all going by the rules of the law of the land. All right. So I went on this darn site, gunbroker.com. And it's not really a fancy site, but it has like a lot of little sections on the home and account for sellers, for buyers, for auctions, my auctions, the forums, the one ads, and then even has help has a section for new users. How do I buy? How do I sell? How to sell your item? But the good news is registration to this thing is free. It'll take you probably about 10 minutes to go through everything, read all the federal laws that you have to comply with to participate. And then once you get down to that, you go to that little smart box and you hit the search. I put in here Browning High Power. First, I only got about three or four Brownings that didn't appeal to me. I typed in Browning. I got a couple of rifles and a Browning high power that I thought was pretty cool. And then I put in Browning and Chrome. And I think I put in a nine and there she came. Oh, she was pretty. This Browning high power was a, it's hard Chrome pistol made in Belgium gives a serial number. And the hard chrome plating was done by Coogan's Custom Plating in Wichita. Oh, Custom Plating. It has adjustable Wichita sights. It comes with one 13-round magazine and a Browning Black pistol rug. And it tells you what you can't do. These farm sales are not good in California. And it tells you the, the make and the type. And it's coming from a family-run FFL business that's been in effect for 35 years. So the guy's not a run-of-the-mill shady dealer. He's the real deal. The sale started at 480, and I was kind of excited. It's got a little flag in the corner, and it was coming from uh, from Florida. So I thought, yeah, that's a good price. If I can keep it under 600 bucks, that'd be a good deal. One quantity. Time left. 17 hours. I thought, okay. By tomorrow, I'll have my first browning. This thing is pretty. Cool. Payment methods, money order, certified check, Visa, MasterCard, sales tax, um, shipping. It's got a whole bunch of stuff you got to check through. All right. So I filled out their registration process. I went through and put in black man with a gun as my little name. And now I'm ready. I go and I click on bid and I bid $500. I'm new, the new bidder. Woohoo! Well, it must have been about five minutes. I got an email that said, you are the new bidder. And with that came another little email note. You have been outbid. Darn. Okay. I put in uh, 601 and that's it. I'm going to bid. Well, 601, I'm the new bidder. That ain't too bad for a brownie. I'll be happy with that. Let's see how much money I got in the checkbook. Oh, yeah. Well, maybe if I sell my guitar. Yeah. I got a few things I can move around here that, that can go on Craigslist, and then I'll be straight. Yeah, yeah, that'll work. So off I'll go to bed. First thing in the morning, I get up. I'm getting ready for work. Let me take a peek at mygunbroker.com. Son of a biscuit. Somebody done outbid me again. That sucker's up to $720.
Now look, I'm getting kind of personal now. I might got $700 if I sell my guitar. I think payday is coming next week. I could probably borrow a couple of hundred from somebody. All right, last bid, $750. It's only because I really want this thing. I'm in. Off I go to work. Well, the auction ends at 3.30. It's a heck of a day. My eyes are tired. Work finally slows down. I move over to the internet, click on, check my bid out. I've been outbid again. Now the darn thing is up to 880 bucks with like five minutes left. I felt like MC Hammer. Can't touch this. So I waved goodbye to my Browning High Power and my dreams of purchasing something from gunbroker.com. Well, maybe somebody else will have a hard chromed Browning High Power good condition with target sights. Don't be sad. It's going to be okay, buckaroo. There's more than one browning in the world and yours is out there. Now, whoever bought this thing and stole my darn pistol, you're not my friend. telling you right now you will get no Christmas card from me I ain't mad at you but I don't like you you can check out the pistol that I thought I was going to get it is on urbanshooterpodcast.com check out gunbroker.com and if you um, go and register I think everybody that registers They might even know. Throw a few bucks my way. I don't know how that works yet. But we'll see. If you haven't been a member of Gunbroker, check it out. It's definitely worth it. Shoot or don't shoot. You decide. To emphasize what a law-abiding person must go through, in the nation's capital. This week on Shoot or Don't Shoot, you decide. I'm going to give you a free townhouse right in the nation's capital. And I'd love to see what you write on the Gun Rights Radio forums at gunrightsradio.com about this scenario. If you're ready, let's go. You are a law-abiding gun owner in the nation's capital. You own a townhouse right in Northwest. You have an end unit, so there's nothing on your left side, but there are two other homes connected to your building on the right. You are home. It is late. You hear a crash in your patio window in the basement. Because of the D.C. gun law, 
your rifle must be disassembled. But you've managed to figure it out that if you locked it and disassembled it, you wouldn't be able to use it. So you have it so that the barrel can be snapped in with just one screw. To be compliant as a law-abiding citizen, you are now going to your closet, unlocking your registered rifle. You have a 30 odd 6 The cartridge itself is able to go probably a good five miles if it doesn't impede or get hit by anything. But it's legal to own. It was given to you by an uncle. You take your 30 odd 6 and you put the barrel back on and you screw the screw back in to the stock and you lock your rifle back into place and you make it functionable. You go look for your ammo. Yep, takes a little while. You quietly find it, open it, box, and put in one round in the chamber. It's a bolt action, so... You lock the bolt and you charge your weapon. And now you are locked and loaded with your legally owned 30 odd six in the nation's capital. You hear movement downstairs and there should be no one downstairs because you live by yourself. You are not going downstairs. So you announce to the burglar that is obviously a burglar in your house. I have a rifle. I'm armed. Leave my house. Get out. I'm calling the police. And you call 911 right as you talk. You grab your cell phone and you call 911. The police tell you to hold on, or the 911 operator tells you to hold on, and you do so. You are looking down the stairs and you see the burglar looking back up at you in your house. Hey, what you going to do with that rifle? He doesn't you gonna do with fear that? you. You're not going to shoot me, are you? Something about burglars coming into your house when they know somebody is home hey, is a different mentality. Rifle, are you? What you going to do? They're either already decided that you are no threat or that they will hurt you. This one is the latter. He charges up the steps, moving from side to side, hoping that that alone will make you miss. You don't shoot. You back up and you give him room to get to the top of the stairs. For whatever reason, it happens in a few seconds. But now you are looking at him eye to eye, there's a loaded 30 out 6 in your hand. Behind you is the street. There's a window. But the hallway that he's standing into now is occupied by the two other homes of your townhouse community. Think about it. You have one shot. Shoot. Or don't shoot. You decide.
All right. That concludes another episode of the Urban Shooter Podcast. Thank you for joining me again. If you want to reach me, my email address is blackmanwithagun at gmail.com. And also check out our show notes on urbanshooterpodcast.com. And you can leave me comments about the show in detail, either there or for instant feedback. And you can share it with other members of the Urban Shooter audience at gunrightsradio.com. Look under the forums and at the very bottom of the page, the Urban Shooter. My section is down there. Thanks so much for being where you are and in my life. Until next week, this is your friend and brother from a different mother wishing you a very good week. And remember, if you don't arm yourself, you definitely harm yourself. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Urban Shooter Podcast. Ken would love to hear from you. Email him at blackmanwithagun at gmail.com. Talk to you next week. This show is part of the Gun Rights Radio Network. Podcasting freedom. Gunrightsradio.com.